1: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at Participation Restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune and Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will and the gang is back together. I'm joined by my good pals and co hosts, Hodgy and Greer. Yeah, how are you, lads? Fantastic. Good to be back. I missed it. <laughs> 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 oh, so thrilled to have you back. <laughs> What's your excuse for being away for the last two podcasts?
3: Good question. I had a genuine excuse the first week, but I can't remember what that was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and last week I may have missed the text message.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you did indeed. He missed the call up. Yeah. But Ali obviously dutifully stepped in and did a great job over the last two pods. So I don't know, man. Your job could be on the line.
3: And now I'm a little bit worried, to be honest. You got a yeah. performance review soon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sit down for my appraisal and then I get yeah. <laughs>
2: I can tell you one thing, your peer reviews will not be very good, <laughs> speaking as your peer. Do you want to jump
1: before you get pushed? <laughs> Take the noble option. RG, how's your weekend been? Been alright, good result for Newcastle, love to see our tears, and uh, celebrated last night with a few drinks. spider so, and yeah. it. I know, right? Oh, God, because
2: yeah. everyone tunes in to talk
1: the tune of the <laughs> first point of contact on Newcastle United News. No one makes it this
3: far. <laughs> <laughs> it's the chat that puts them off. Grey, what have you been up to? I had the in-laws up from York and uh, managed to sneak off to St. James's yesterday afternoon, which was uh, very eventful, as always.
2: Lovely jubbly. Lovely jubbly. Well, yes, as Hodgie says. How about you, Will? Oh, my God. (laughs) Everyone's doing it now. Yeah, good weekend. I was with Ali in the pub yesterday, watching the Newcastle game. Another mate from Newcastle, Tom and Vinny, my colleague and mate, who's an Arsenal fan, who wasn't best pleased. So that was lots of fun. He got so sucky man, honestly, but we'll get onto that fairly quickly because what a result. More so because Hodge says uh, plenty of Mikel Arteta tears to devour and drink down. Right, I suppose we better get onto it. So uh, I think last time recorded was after the which result? The Wolves game. Um, So in this episode, we will be chatting through the Manchester United fantastic result in the Carabao Cup slash EFL Cup, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Revenge for last year's final. And then obviously we'll go through yesterday's brilliant results against Arsenal at St. James's in the Prem. Excuse any pops in the background. It is bonfire night we're recording, so hopefully you don't hear any fucking fizzbangs gone off in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Fizzbangs. Right, I guess in chronological order, we should probably crack on with the United result. Obviously brought back horrendous memories of last year, getting to the Carabao Cup final against Man United and then beating us 2-0. After all of us getting our hopes up, saying we wouldn't, we inevitably did, and that was a disappointment. So, this was revenge for last year, and what a fucking result it was going away to Old Trafford and absolutely hammering them 3 0 on the night. Hodge, what were your thoughts on the team that Howe put
1: out, the performance, and the result? Well, yeah, the team <laughs> the team was a bit of a sharp change to what we used to, seeing Matt Ritchie starting and obviously give the young kids a bit of a go as well. Levermento came on for a start and Paul also got his start, which I was quite pleased with and I thought they both played fantastic. Looked a little, like it might have been a little bit shaky with Dummett and Kraft playing at the centre-back each, but we just dominated it, didn't we really? I thought it was absolutely mm-hmm. class, everyone stepped up. Took their role super seriously and I think the credit to the team because even Longstaff at the end of the game when he was giving Tino the Man of the Match award, he was just saying, oh, it is super competitive in training. He says everybody wants to have that first team spot. No one's spot is safe neither. So just an absolute credit to the coaching staff and the players, I suppose, in in having that mindset. Really good.
2: I mean, we had about 18 fullbacks playing on the day, but (laughs) as you say, the team came together on the flanks. The two lads, Lewis Hall and Tino Livramento, fantastic. Tino, again, putting in a really strong performance after his performance against Man City, and obviously came on against Arsenal, looked really strong yesterday. I thought Kraft and Dummett played really well together, mm. and I was very, very pleased to see that because obviously Kraft's been out for a long time with an injury. I think he missed pretty much the entire season just when he was hitting his great form. He was unlucky to get injured, so to come back with such a strong display, he likes playing against Man United, Emil Craft. I'm pretty sure he scored against him a few years ago under Bruce. But yeah, you mentioned him there, but Sean Longstaff-Grey is 150th appearance for Newcastle and he was made captain on the night. I mean, the man has been fantastic this season, hasn't he? I was very proud to see him captain on the night and put in such a strong shift
3: again. Yeah, just saying this season, I think, is doing him a bit of a disjustice, I think. Even last season, he was the unsung hero. He was seriously noticed when he was off injured towards the end of the season. Such a nice little touch from the club and Eddie Howe to give him an armband on his 150th appearance. Whether he was next in the pecking order, I don't know. But either way, I think thrilled for the bloke. And like, he just was, again, Mr. Consistent, just didn't put a foot wrong. All of our players on the pitch on Wednesday night, they were just immense. And yeah, I mean, Sean certainly led from the front. Really strong performance from him.
2: Obviously, you've got Joe Willock coming back from injury as well, was straight into the starting lineup, and he's repaid that faith with a goal. Matt Target was on for about a minute before he pulled his hamstring, which was a shame, but that meant Miggy could come on. And What a fucking run from Tino Livramento, by oh. the way, for that <laughs> for that opening goal. I think it came from us dispossessing them in or around our penalty box.
3: made the tackle as well. Yeah, he, he made did, the did.
2: tackle. He then made the run. He set on his way. One thing I didn't know is because I was too gas celebrating in the pub with James. Shout out, James, because he always gets sucky that we don't mention him on this podcast. <laughs> there you go, James. Uh, one really clever thing that I didn't notice in the moment was Anthony Gordon makes a fantastic run kind of across the penalty box to take Harry Maguire and Lindelof completely out of the game, which creates a space for Miggy to push into the box. It's a fantastic pass from Liveramento and a really strong finish for that first goal don't want to go into the details of it. That kind of typified Tino's performance on the night. And what a steal he's looking to be for, what, 30, 35 million? Saying this as well yesterday, Gordon, 45 million is now looking like an absolute flipping bargain. What a team we've got, though. But tactically, we just had them all ends up, didn't we? We saw absolutely nothing from Anthony apart from petulance and him being a little (laughs) bitch. (laughs) I forgot that Anthony Marshall was playing. Martial, sorry, because Dummett and Kraft just kept him completely out of the game. That Garnacho, again, totally suppressed by Liveramento, they offered like nothing. Hmm. There was quite a controversial moment in the game, Hodge. I think, was it that Hannibal Medgebury potentially could have been sent off?
1: I mean, there's a couple of chances where he could have just got even more yellows and, and had his red card in another way, but everyone was kind of in his heads, and I suppose Casemiro as well, because he was jumping in a couple of challenges. Yeah, true. And I thought Joe Linton was quite good at. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> tempting in Hannibal to make challenges and stuff, which was fantastic. And when we're in that situation and we've got uh, the confidence to be able to do that kind of shit, how is we during the game as well, as well as having the control of it, I thought was really, really good.
3: No, I wasn't a fan of Jonathan doing it 10 yards out from
1: our yeah. own box, mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I wasn't a fan of that. But... There <laughs> is a place for it, but I, I thought it was really good that he was I, obviously that's something that Eddie might have been like, Guam. You know he can get it. Go on, get him a yellow card. Another one, go yeah. on. And I, I thought he was going to get pulled a hell of a lot earlier than, like, I think, was it Casemiro got subbed before?
3: Yeah, after yeah, yeah. yeah, Casemiro. I thought
1: they were probably going to both get pulled and put someone else on, but yeah, not to be. But I'd like to see a red card. Just would, would have cherry on topped it, wouldn't it, if it was a 3-0 and a red card involved.
2: Yeah, well, I think this is going to be quite a red card happy episode, isn't it? We've got a few things to talk about in the Arsenal game yesterday. But, Grey, just before we move on from the United game... Matt Ritchie, I think yesterday against Arsenal, made his 200th appearance for Newcastle United, which is That's an amazing. Mad, it? it is crazy, isn't it? It's an amazing achievement for a player who has been consistently very good for us. Obviously, he's, As he's got older, he's 34 now, he's, he's played less of a part, but is obviously a key member of the dressing room. One thing having Ritchie on the pitch really highlighted for me was we probably should be looking to change up sometimes our set piece taking. There's some games where trips can be a little bit off the ball, but just bringing someone like Richie on who has that set piece in his locker and gives you something different from the left-hand side. And we've seen it from Target as well when he came on against, I can't remember who, but put a wicked ball into the box. It was
3: false, wasn't it? So yeah, I think
2: so. It made me think, why are we so dependent on Kieran Trippier? And do you think we should be or do we think we need to be more dynamic in our set piece
3: taking I didn't expect that question, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think well, it's certainly nice to have players who can attack from both sides, like Trippier, obviously, famous right foot. And yeah, if you start you off a ball, unfortunately, Tonali's out now, but apparently, he's got a pretty lethal set piece on him. You'd think Miggy should have the potential to be able to whip in a across from a dead ball since he's famously left footed, but yeah, I mean, mm. it's just nice to have options, but I mean, we all know how lethal Trippier's re-kicks can be. And when he puts it on the money, it is, yeah, on the money. So even corners, just to have an outswinging corner or an in corner from the opposite sides would be something different for defenders to worry about and could give us a slightly different attack. There's the argument there, it's not broken, so why, why <laughs> try and change it at the minute?
2: Yeah, I don't want to take anything away from Trippier. It's just
3: a few occasions where
2: he's not beating the first man. You're like, come on, man! But then you forget about all his excellent set pieces and, and free kicks that he takes. It would be remiss of us to move on without mentioning Lewis Hall getting his first goal for Newcastle United with a really smart finish, Hodge. I was so pleased to see him score that and just instinctive from a 19-year-old player, I think making his
1: third appearance for Newcastle. And first senior goal for the kid. Fantastic kind of work down the left-hand side. First senior goal ever. First, first senior goal, yeah. Oh, Wow. Willick crosses in. I think I can't remember who actually heads it out, but one of the Manchester defenders heads it out. Just comes straight to him and just thinks, "Fuck it, why not?" Perfect little volley, well controlled. Didn't slash at it or anything like that, and just yeah. guy kind of guided it into that far post. And I mean, O'Nana was nowhere near near it, was he? Really good
2: instinctive finish. I love that cutting edge and great work, as I said earlier, from Joe Willick on the third goal as well. Really powerful run. I think it came from Joe Linton dispossessing Amrabat yeah, in the middle of the correct. park with a really good tackle, again, him being everywhere, sets Joe Willock on his way, cuts inside, and it's a really smart finish in front of the Newcastle United fans. Loads of fans out there, really, really putting the Manchester United fans who'd all travelled up from London to shame.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There weren't many left after 60 minutes, though, were there? No, there weren't,
2: were there? But yeah, what a result. I think all of us, Hodgie, you're very much a proponent of, fuck, get us out of this cup as soon as possible. Is that starting to change for you a little bit more now?
1: I don't know. The funny thing is though, if Liverpool get knocked out, I think by is it West Ham play them or Fulham or something like If, if Liverpool can get knocked out in the next round, it's a very, very good chance because they're the only kind of big threat next. I suppose we still have to beat Chelsea, but I feel quite confident in in taking Chelsea on, even with the team that we've seen on uh, Wednesday. So I'm all for giving players a bit of extra game time. So if if how wants to play a similar lineup and get the younger kids involved again and if we win, great. Okay, then once once you get past this next round of fixtures for it, then you've got to be thinking, okay, is it is it time for us to really kick on? For me still, I still don't really fancy a cup run too much this year. But if you're gonna do one or the other, it would be Carabao over the FA Cup, I think, since we're already quite far into it.
3: Indeed. Grey, do
1: you think we can go on and win it?
3: I don't see why not. I mean we've already had the toughest Half of the draw, haven't we? Beating both Manchester clubs yeah. and now having to go to Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea aren't going to score many goals, are they? Hopefully. <laughs> Touch and all that. But, uh, yeah, fucking hell. Why not go for it? And I mean, like Hodge says, if we keep playing the same squad, then there's no harm in it. It just gives them some minutes in their legs and we're having to call upon every member of the squad at the minute. But I did just want to say one thing about the squad we played on Wednesday night. And then seven of the starting lineup were all signed under Bruce or played under Bruce. Yeah. Uh, and then after two minutes, we had eight on the pitch. And I think people are very quick to forget that actually we do have a very strong core, even though we may have spent a little bit of money compared to your, your Man United's and Chelsea's. We still have that strong core from the good old days. Players that Howe
2: has taken and really transformed into fantastic players. Yeah, so as Hodge says, Chelsea next in the cup. Fingers crossed, now that we've got this far, it would be a shame to not really go for it. And I think it's real testament to the recruitment now. Even with the long and growing injury list that we have, we can still rotate players and put a rotated team out and do well and progress in a cup as competitive as this, especially for us in this fucking run-in. So, Mm -hmm. fingers crossed for the next round
1: before we just move on I just want to shout out me Barber Cali because he's already bought he's already booked his hotel for Wembley for the Carabao Cup <laughs> final that's
3: confidence man.
2: yeah I rate that oh I love that that's great uh, yeah shout out to Hodges, Barber for doing a terrible job consistently <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> oh god right before we go on to the Arsenal result yesterday we'll go to a quick break so we shall see you in a second Upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com/upgrade.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. App Participate in restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
2: Okie dokie, we're back. Before we get on to Arsenal, I suppose we should probably do the social plugs quickly. So you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, ACAST, Spotify, Apple Podcast, etc. etc. We'd really appreciate it if you could give us a follow and if you're feeling super generous, a five-star rating or review. That would be class, thanks very much. You can find our podcast on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Got it? Good. Right, Arsenal. Can't wait to talk about this one, man. So much to talk about for a 1-0 victory, isn't there? (laughs) I don't know how we're going to fit it all. We could do a whole fucking episode on this, but we shall try not to. Grey, you were at the match yesterday. She was. You lucky bastard. Over the last few years, this has not been a good fixture for us. Arsenal usually get one over on us, don't they? They came to Newcastle last season, I think they beat us 2-0, which was a bit of a bitter pill to swallow we, I think we we
3: beat them 2-0 last game of the season Let's say James's no
2: I'm pretty sure it wasn't the Mark Nodegaard one where Mark Nodegaard scored and then they got a second one Is that another season
3: before because it was in the documentary oh it was the season before sorry yeah sorry my yeah, bad My yeah, bad. I thought it was the Newcastle documentary but it's the Arsenal one isn't it you know we're talking about that performance review <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not it's uh, not doing great now. <laughs>
2: Great to have you back, mate. <laughs> um, right. So, yes, they got one over on us last season, I think 2-0. But revenge was very much served yesterday. So We ended up beating Arsenal 1-0 via a goal from our main man, Anthony Gordon. Running out of superlatives for Anthony Gordon. What a season he's having for us so far. But, Gray, what was the feeling like at the stadium as our man on the ground?
3: I was quite relieved not to see Odegaard playing because, like you said, last time he did have Bruno in his pocket. And he scored that class goal from outside of the box where he gave him far too much time. Yep. But I mean, it's funny how it's all coming back to me now, isn't it? After lecturing uh, <laughs> earlier. <laughs> hmm. No, so it's always one of those games I'm slightly nervous for. And I think the crowd felt it as well a little bit. And fair play to Arsenal, they travelled really, really well. And we making a fair bit of noise. I can't remember who it was, but there was a, quite a big tackle went in quite early on from one of our players. And that just got everyone going. I think it might have been Joe Linton to be winning the ball back. I mean, he was just an absolute animal yesterday. And, yeah, I mean, it just fired everyone up. It was a really scrappy game. Kind of expect that from two well-drilled sides. You kind of notice whenever we play against the Arsenal cities, it's not a free-flowing game, like you might expect. Neither team gives each other space. But to come away and almost not really give them a sniff, I think Martinelli had one chance where he cut back inside and it went straight to Pope. But I can't actually remember another... He only had one shot on target. Out of 14 shots. So, uh, yeah that that's happened, I think, just sums up how well we defended. And you mentioned Livermento in the Man U game when he came on. It's just, again, immense and trippy moving to left-back, which I actually really enjoyed. It's good. But I'll stop rambling now and you can start. <laughs> I could talk you through the whole match because I, I loved it and have not even got onto some of the controversial yeah. first-half decisions, never mind the big one in the second half. The meaty bits.
2: <laughs> well, well, you talk about kind of setting the scene and the atmosphere from an early point, great. Was there a stark difference between the Arsenal game and, say, like the Dortmund results where, you know, Hodgie had been at the game and when we recorded had said that it was was really quite flat on the night. Was that the difference, do you think?
3: Completely. That Dortmund game was just bizarre. It felt like there was half a crowd in the stadium. And yeah, I mean, it was back to the normal self yesterday. And yeah, we're really up for it. And Stuart Atwell certainly uh, feel this (laughs) many times during the game, which I think helped a lot.
2: Objectively speaking, the fucking ref had a bit of a shocker yesterday, but for once it actually benefited us. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like the match was just really tense. And as you said, I mean, Hodge will bring you in on this, but... I think Bruno and Joe Linton just were on a mission to beat the fuck out of the entire Arsenal team yesterday, <laughs> weren't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think it, it all stemmed from that Kai Havertz tackle that early on. Yeah, That set the level of the tone of, of how the game really went from that point on and how he didn't get a red card for that. I, I still don't know. He's pretty out of control when he's left the floor f- studs up. For me, it's definitely a red card. But I mean, there's a couple of other instances where things could have might, have might have gone slightly different as well. And I think Joe Linton and Bruno stepping up to the mark and getting a little bit more physical was just trying to regain that control and be like, no, no, we're here to, we're here to absolutely bully around today. Like, There's no easy game when you come to St. James's Park. Yeah, it boils
2: my piss coming onto that fucking Kai Haberts challenge that... We came away from that challenge with three yellow cards. <laughs>
1: oh, man. how! Just how in did that what happen?
2: What fucking world? I just wanted to fucking jump through the fucking screen and throttle the referee. Especially Longstaff
3: as well. He's, he's nearly had his leg
2: snapped in half. Did he get it for fucking dissent or something? I, t- we were baffled in the pub. We hadn't seen why the fuck Longstaff had actually been booked. I think he said something to the linesman. Oh, well, what? He's nearly broken me fucking leg. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> It was like, like, are we all in agreement that it should have been a red card? 100%. Yeah, fucking great. Thank God. If if, if it it was Bruno
3: or Joe Linton hand straight
2: in the back. 100%. 100%. But Kai Havertz, there was no reason for him to make that tackle or make that challenge, especially in the way that he did so. The ball was pretty much going out. Longstaff wasn't going anywhere. Longstaff hadn't done anything. It's just progressing the ball up the pitch and then out of fucking nowhere. With a flying fucking boot-up tackle comes Kai Havertz, completely out of control, as you say, Hodge, and for no reason whatsoever. And you could see like all the Newcastle players immediately just jumped on Havertz, pushing him away. Jamal Lascelles was in there straight away, probably wanted to kill him. <laughs> habits has got quite dangerously close to the crowd and I was just imagining him being like dragged into it and just yeah. never seen him again.
3: So I was really hoping the cells just throw him over the barrier and just let the crowd deal with it. Just come back with like a ripped top and everything and busted
2: lip. <laughs> and he was never seen again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was completely Can anyone kind of objectively say why it wasn't a yellow card? I mean, is it for the the lack of contact on Longstaff? Like, is that the line? You have to break someone's leg to be sent off, or is the intent enough and the out-of-control nature enough?
1: It's the intent of something, like we've seen it plenty of times in the Premier League, where someone's gone in on quite a rash effort. Maybe it's not caught someone too much, but it is that initial, like, I'm off the ground, I'm not in control. I can't slow myself down between this point now and making contact with your body. For me, it's just ridiculous, man.
3: Whatever type of tackles you want to be cutting out, and the only way you're going to cut them out is by giving a red card for it, because that could have easily ended Longstaff's career. Oh, yeah. If if he's got 70 kilos of uncontrolled bloody havert going through his knee, that's Longstaff probably out for a couple of years. And is he going to be the same player? 100%. So there's got to be retrospective action there, because you can't allow a player to fling himself at a player studs up like that and not get a ban for it, it's just Shan And completely out of nowhere as well. Like, yeah, yeah no, there was no reason it, for it. 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 doesn't need to be justified. Anyone making that tackle at any time, even if someone's been winding him up the whole game, sorry, but you just can't have it. Because yeah. next thing you know, you're going to have 13-year-old kids doing exactly the same and say, well, no, I have it, so you've got a yellow card for that, so I'm going to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, they just need to set an example there, yeah. and it's, it's unacceptable. I agree.
2: I think it's a miracle that no one got sent off in that game at all. I mean, even from us. I mean Bruno obviously well, going Bruno, through no the either. back of Jorginho. Yeah. I mean, I think just he's a lucky the boy there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously- a
3: player you want to elbow in the head, it's probably Jorginho, isn't it? <laughs> 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 or Havertz.
2: I think Jorginho and Havertz were just bitter cause they did absolutely nothing in that fucking game. I mean yeah. shout out to Declan Rice. He was he was really Plus. good yesterday. Like I'd love to see a player like him at Newcastle, but it's a, it's a pipe dream at this stage. He was fantastic, but the other two were shite. And the one thing that annoys me about yesterday is the Havertz challenge will go under the radar now because of the subsequent goal and the controversy mm-hmm. around the goal. Another thing that
3: goes under the radar Arsenal's time wasting. Don't get me started on that. The referee Ooh, told <laughs> Raya five times to get on with a goal kick and didn't book him. Five times in the first half. He blew his whistle twice to say, get on with it. And he didn't even threaten to book him. If that had been Pope, two attempts probably would have been booked. Hundred percent. The ref had a fucking shock I yesterday. Honestly, he'll be like, another
2: one going out the championship. I think he will be. Yeah, uh, you're right. Anthony Taylor's just been demoted after the Wolves game, hasn't he? Yeah, got, got a stint in the championship. I reckon we'll see Atwell in, in the championship next week. But he was VAR, I think, today at, For the, yeah, at the Nottingham Liverpool Forest. Game, it? Yeah. Oh, was it? I do one of the two. One of the yeah, two one today. Of the two, yeah. um, anyway, though. So Havertz, very lucky to be on the pitch still. I'd say Bruno's probably very lucky to be on the pitch as well. I've actually annoyed myself talking about <laughs> the three Newcastle yellow cards after the <laughs> fucking Havertz challenge now. <laughs> Trying to get past it. See, so We'll move on to the, the main talking point of the game, which was Anthony Gordon's goal, which was a fantastic goal. and There was nothing wrong with it. But mired in controversy, wasn't it? Jacob Murphy comes on. We see Gordon shift to striker, and we also bring Joe Willock on. All three of those players are involved in the goal, which is fantastic to see an instant impact from a tactical change and a, from a substitution as well. So good work from Jacob Murphy on the right-hand side. He flashes a wicked ball across the box. The ball definitely doesn't go out of play. I think that's quite clear to everyone who can, who's got eyes. Lol. Um, but yeah, very controversial from the very grainy imagery that we have. You'd have a lot of Arsenal fans being very annoyed about this, but there's been subsequent stuff from like the FA and in Sports. I've seen loads of videos today. It's all about angles, apparently. If mm-hmm. you took like a bird's eye view of that ball, it would show you that the ball was not out of play. The same thing happened in the World Cup, didn't it, against it? Yeah, it did. I thought it was the Japan-Germany game. But anyway, yeah, it's happened before. The perspective or the angle of the television is not representative of the ball being in or out. I said this in the pub yesterday. Why don't they just extend the goal line technology to
3: all lines? Why don't we just have a camera on that side of the pitch? Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, It's a fairly simple fix as well. Or well, why don't they just use their fucking eyes?
3: Well, which, 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 which should be fair the, the linesman and the officials. He got it they right. Did, they did use their eyes. Oh,
2: again, I asked if it was a red card. Do we all think the ball was in play?
3: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's yeah,
2: it even being be <laughs> sport.
1: Be in sport recreated the thing, and they put a line on where the line is, and it's and it's like clearly in. I mean, it's like and we know they hate us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. they're saying that, then yeah, we yeah, definitely yeah. know it's in. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, there's lots more you can do to avoid this amount of controversy. Maybe extending the, as I say, the goal line technology or having a camera on that side. As Gray says, it can be preventable but you know it's going to be a big controversial topic for a long time now, isn't it? Especially with
3: Arteta still crying about it. To move away slightly from a, the controversy of it, I think we just need to give shout-outs to our players again for not giving up and just playing till the ball is dead. And like we've seen Gordon do it so many times this year and win us a few penalties with doing that and then fair play to Willick for keeping our same mentality and actually battling to keep that ball in. And he's, he's clearly done it. We've got to give a huge amount of credit to Willet. Oh, yeah, fantastic. And I loved it. Uh, I love to see him
2: celebrate the goal like he did against his old team. I really don't like all of this giving respect to old teams and like not celebrating. Fucking Willett was right in the middle of it. He was proper <laughs> gassed scoring, even though it was his boyhood club. Uh, um, not
3: surprised at the amount of grief he's got for it as well, by yeah, the way, which right. is just graceful awesome. It is disgusting. We'll come on to that as
2: well, unfortunately. But yeah, it, it's been awful the the abuse that him and Bruno received subsequently. But yes, as we say, positive, positive stuff. Great work from Willock to keep it in. Great work from Murphy on the right hand side to to flash it across, and then Joe Willock just puts a lethal ball into the box. Joe Linton's under it with I think Saliba or Gabriel. I think it was Gabriel, wasn't it? Gabriel puts it in. There's a bit of a scramble. Keeper completely misses it. And then our boy Anthony Gordon is there to to tuck it home. The next point of controversy is obviously, is it a foul on Gabriel from Joe Linton? Is there a fucking handball in there? And is
1: Gordon offside? For me, Joe Linton puts his hands on the back of Gabriel. See that? But he doesn't push Gabriel. His hands are on the back of him. And actually what happens is Gabriel tries to lunge at the ball with his head and try and flick it away. I don't think he's actually committed a foul there. The whole offside thing, I'm not 100% sure because someone was saying in the pub that if the keeper's in front of one of the defenders, apparently it needs to be two defenders between them. So, not offside there. The only thing that you could say is a potential handball because his arms are out in front of him. But I mean, I I don't know if it fully hit his hand. I didn't really see that. So, goal. (laughs) (laughs) Goal stands.
2: The foul question, what's Joe Linton meant to do there? Is he not meant to challenge for the ball? Is he supposed to
3: stand completely fucking still? Like, he's got to challenge for that ball. That's exactly it. And I think, if anything, was it Gabriel? I think he he actually made his move too early. So he's already going down Mm. by the point Joe Linton's starting to challenge it. And his momentum's taking him down to the ground. And you've got Joe Linton on your back. You're only going to end up in one place, aren't you? Mm. You're not going to stay on your feet. So for me, it's not a foul. He's committed too early. And Johansson's just outmuscle him because he's not being pushed over. He's tried to go for the ball. Yeah, I mean it's
1: it's it's not. I don't think it's a foul at all. If that's a foul, then the game's gone. Honestly,
2: like it's only because it's in the penalty box that it's under this level of scrutiny. If that was anywhere else, it'd just be a fair challenge for the ball, right? It's because we scored. That's right. It's
3: it's, yeah, and Arsenal been happy with that.
2: Anyway, we score, we win the game one nil. And cue fucking Arsenal and specifically Mikel Arteta
3: meltdown. Could I just mention before we get to that, after the goal was given on field, every single Arsenal player surrounded the referee for the three minutes that those VAR checks took place. When all of our players surrounded the referee, after one of our players he broke his leg, how many yellow cards did we end up with? Yes, every single Arsenal player reacted in exactly the same way to the referee and nothing happened, which I think... And the referee, the referee should have just taken himself away from it all, but he stood right in the middle of all of them and he did nothing about it. And I was just like, double standards, massively at play. And I mean, for, for them they announced with three different VAR checks, and was like, yeah, they're going to find something not to give this in the stadium.
2: I was certain it was going to be turned over. Even I was shocked when it was given, but I went absolutely fucking mental. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fantastic. One downside as well, sorry, before we move on to the Mikel Arteta stuff as well. Bruno obviously picked up a yellow card. That's his fifth of the season. So he'll be out for the Bournemouth game, Yep, which is really frustrating. But if it's going to happen against anyone, I think you'd probably prefer it against uh, one of the teams in the lower half of the table. And it's just as well we've got Joe Alicino, um coming back into to good form. Arguably, a, a pre-assist against Arsenal yesterday and a goal against Man United in the week. It's a good time to be having him come back into the fold. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for: Mikel Arteta's meltdown and the club getting behind him and releasing a fucking statement. I can't believe they put out a club statement, man. <laughs> oh, what a bunch of fucking crybabies! I'm absolutely loving it. Love it. But, Grey, do you think Arteta's meltdown is justified? Or is
3: there no real excuse for a grown man to cry like that? There's no excuse at the world. Like, If the was on the other foot, he'd be saying exactly what we've been saying, and he'd be over the moon that they managed to come to St. James's Park and get a, a 1-0 win, as controversial as it would be, and for him to come out and slate not just the referee, but the whole Premier League and the PGM OL, I just don't get it. Just have a bit of class about you. I know like in the heat of things, you can get carried away. But I mean, come on, just admit that it may be a controversial decision. It may be a close decision. But just come on, have a bit of class and just accept that things may have not gone your way. Instead of slating the organization who effectively employs you and keeps you in a job, say something constructive about the whole thing. I love watching him cry and act like a spoiled brat he is. And uh, <laughs> how Arsenal can come out and support him in the way he's acted after that, it's terrible. I have no idea. And I mean, to say he's been in the country for 20 years and he's never seen anything like it. <laughs> like, come on, have you, have you seen the state of some of the referees in this country?
2: It doesn't set a good example for anyone. Like you're supposed to have a bit of class, as you say. You could never imagine Eddie Howe doing that. I get you're frustrated, but... The whole point is you're supposed to be the manager of the club. You need to control your emotions a bit better and set a good example, opposed to just going out and flying out all these allegations and saying X, Y, and Z. What quite often happens when we beat a big team is it takes the shine off the fact that we were the better team, arguably, on the night. And for him to come out and say that Arsenal were the only team going out to win the game and only registering one shot on target, it really undermines him and makes him look like a silly little tit. It takes all the shine off for us because it's always mired in fucking controversy, but I think we deserve to win. And I do think we were the better team on the night. You know, you've got individuals like Declan Rice that were fantastic, but they had no one else. We saw nothing of Saka. I think defensively they were quite good. Saliba is a really good defender. Their goalkeeper was shaky, but we deserve to win that game. So to then deflect all of that and say X, Y, and Z. One other thing I found was disgusting is they they put a club statement out about the result and the refereeing, but they haven't put a club statement out yet, I don't think, about the racial abuse no. that the Arsenal fans have been thrown at Bruno and Joe Willock, who was one of them, by the way, makes it even more disgusting. Like, sort your fucking priorities out. Our Twitter, whatever, all of our social media channels immediately came out and condemned the racism and put the, you know behind Bruno, behind Joe Willock, said it was disgusting. Arsenal have said nothing yet. I mean, as I say, importance is on yet. They might still do. But to be putting that out first, it's a fucking joke. Yeah, show racism, the red card,
3: and everything it has been campaigned for last month. Yeah. Like, come on, it should be at the forefront of your mind. Come out and just disown those fans. Have no association with them at all. There's bigger things at play than some dodgy refereeing decision. At there needs them. to be some bans going
2: around there. but. In Mikel Arteta's words, embarrassing. I've never really liked him. He's always been on the touchline, waving his arms around. He's just, in my eyes, just made himself look like a massive tit. He's up there with like Klopp, for me, um, and Ten Hag. Hodge, what are your thoughts on Arteta?
1: I think everyone can see it, apart from the Arsenal a lot at the minute. There's, there's certain people that complain all the time, and it's like some of the stuff that they come out, oh, the grass was too wet. The fuck off, man! Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it just absolutely boils me piss. Like it's a, it's a game. Move on to the next game. Like you've okay, you've lost one, and it and it might come down to them losing the season by a game. In the moment, yes, you might be angry, but you don't go out and you're targeting people and stuff. And then with the the racial hatred online, I think it's just ridiculous. And a couple of people have picked up on it. Like Michael Owen has said, that it's totally classless from Arsenal coming out and having that and saying that the only thing about the game being embarrassing, disgraceful, which are the tightest words, was actually his own behaviour as well, which is what Michael Owen put out. And I don't agree with him on many things, but are definitely on this.
3: And I think Gary Neville puts into note on LinkedIn as well, which was the same ilk. He says everyone's entitled to a bad day. Like Players make far more mistakes than these referees do. So actually give them a bit of slack. Got a lot riding on them. We've got a lot of pressure on them in at least come up with something constructive to try and find a solution to to some of this controversy and it's as simple as putting a camera on the other side of the (laughs) car you're really on that one aren't you uh i'm gonna start a campaign gonna get a
2: a well don't start a campaign because remember we did benefit from this (laughs) (laughs) no because it would still be it still prove it was a goal so true 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 but i think overall yeah you know he won't even be ashamed of his behavior he will still think he's within his rights and justified and with the club behind him as well, it just kind of will validate his behaviour and validates his behaviour to everyone else and sets a really bad example in my mind. Not good. Cut your losses. When do you ever see Eddie Howe coming out, you know, when, you know, Liverpool are beating us in the 147th minute. He still kind of holds his nerve, Eddie Howe, and he's still classy about it. But overall, I think really strong defensively, it was a real shame to see Jacob Murphy go off injured again. With his shoulder again, I think, dislocated. He's gonna yeah. need surgery and could be out for three months, I've heard. Dan Byrne fell awkwardly and battled through to half time, but it sounds like he's got quite a sore one. We're really threadbare at the minute, which is we concerning. <laughs> yeah. now
1: we are even more.
2: <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. And there's not even an I mean it's good having Willock back, it's good having Joe Linton back, but you know, Bruno's out for the next game against fucking Bournemouth. We could
1: be in trouble, especially with the fixtures still coming thick and fork on fast. Going back on everything that's been said about the Arsenal game, this is football. Football is unpredictable. Things go your way. Things don't go your way. We've all been calling out for VAR to get involved to help with the like decisions that should have been in the past. You've just got to kind of like take it as it is at the minute. It's still in a development kind of phase, I guess. It's like, still trying to iron out some cracks. And if it was Arteta, if it wasn't Arteta saying these things, like it's the same it's the same same thing. You just get on with it. Take a little leaf out of Eddie Howe's book and just work on your own stuff that you can prevent yourself. Don't start slagging people off for other things that you've got no control of, I guess.
3: We're so lucky to have it. Yeah. So so we are
1: very, very lucky. One hundred percent.
2: Right. As I say, fixtures fixtures. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Fixtures are thick and fast at the minute. Next game is in the Champions League against Dortmund, in Dortmund on Tuesday, none of us are going, we're going to break our Champions League 100% attendance rate for the podcast, which is a shame. Predictions ahead of that game, obviously they beat us 1-0 at home a couple of weeks ago. Gray, as you're coming back after a short absence, do you want to kick off with your predictions against Dortmund?
3: Yeah, I think they'll just be, again bit too good for us i mean they came to st james's and just put in a very professional clinical performance and i think there'll be no different their place and i think we will struggle with injuries and things after the weekend so i might say 2-0 to dortmund wowzers Hodgie? any more positive my predictions
1: is going to be 1-1 i think we showed enough to get something in the last game and i think we can definitely unlock them this time round for at least one goal, so I'm going to go 1-1. Nice. I like it. I'm going to go for a draw again. I'm going to think we're going to probably grind
2: it out like we did against Milan at the San Siro. I think it's going to be nil-nil. Right, that just about rounds us up. we, we do bon- Bournemouth as well? as well? Okay. That doesn't round it up. <laughs> <laughs> While we've got you, Bournemouth predictions for the Premier League game. I think we are away. Yes, we are down on the South Coast on Saturday, the 11th of November. Another half-five kickoff and another one on the television, which is great. What are our thoughts ahead of Bournemouth? Hodge, you can kick off this time. 3-1 to United. Nice. Away away it is. Nice. Bournemouth sitting 18th in the Prem. Um, they've lost four out their last five games. We have one drawn one, drawn one, I think. Was that five? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't even count. Uh, yeah, cool. Anyway, that's what we've done. Gray, what do you think the result's going to be?
3: I as well think we're going to score three goals, but I think we'll keep a clean sheet. So 3 0.
2: 3 0, Newcastle. Uh, and I'm going to go 2 0, Newcastle. Because why the hell not? Maybe a brace from Callum Wilson. Right, okay, that definitely rounds us up, so all that's left to do now <laughs> is say thanks all very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. I'll feed us in, me lads, You
3: should have
0: seen us the
3: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with muck delivery.